0: Go there now!
1: Hello,
0: and welcome to Destroy All Children, the podcast, not to be confused with Destroy All Children, the motion picture, or Destroy the Children, the album by Dick Valentine. I'm Larry Davis, with me, as always, is George Brundle. Hi. No one else with us this week. It's just a, it's a nice, well, nice two person, two person cast. Yeah.
1: It's a very intimate episode of Destroy Old Children.
0: Mm-hmm, like the old days. Well, you know, this is a sort of a solemn occasion. We have to uh, pour one out for Fred Willard, uh, unfortunately passed recently.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was Fred Willard, and then uh, who passed shortly? It was uh, Jerry Stiller too. Yeah. Right. Man, man, Betty White still alive? What the fuck?
0: Well, that's what your the problem, fuck, man. I don't, I don't know. Nobody yes. else cares. Yes.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I keep seeing a lot of like images of people talking about like the importance of social distancing, uh, and then bringing up like Betty White in particular, and go like, protect Betty White. And like, I remember advocating germ warfare on Betty White. I believe on this podcast, so.
0: That's right, you said you know, that we should just dump Agent Orange on her house uh, That's right Do napalm strikes uh, Any sort of guerrilla warfare against Betty White you advocated <laughs> for
1: Yes, it's absolutely true Um, uh, I still advocate for any type of warfare except germ warfare Because apparently threatening that comes with very grave consequences now
0: Uh, it's fine Uh so for news uh, I th- This just came to my attention uh, This morning New operators announced for Rainbow Six Siege I'm sure you're yeah. thrilled And guess oh, what yeah. They are just as busted as The past f- f- Five Six
1: all of them like every operator that they've added to that game is busted when no. they first come out
0: No like the first year was actually they were pretty well balanced in general okay. um except you, you for would Blackbeard You know better than I Blackbeard early on was way OP but um
1: yeah sure he's got that that uh that uh Joe Don Baker gun
0: That's right uh, but yeah. yeah like when that when he came out that thing could take a whole lot of damage and so he was pretty Hell much yeah. invincible uh, yeah. Anyway But no, I think Well, the one that finally made me uninstall the game Was Maverick That was when I realized they had zero interest In trying to balance anything Uh, What was his deal again? He has the blowtorch, it goes through walls Which basically makes uh, Habana and Bandit useless Because Ah. if Bandit had Something uh, on a wall He could just make a hole in the wall and shoot it Uh, And also He could Like get through hatches and stuff like Habana could And I mean she still had some use Habana really became useless with the guy That can throw the uh, electric things Which also made Bandit useless uh, Because his things are like Bandits But better because he can throw them anywhere And cover like two walls with one of the electro sticky things Anyway I'm
1: trying to remember where that stuff was at When I jumped out of the game when I threw my hands up and was like I'm done
0: uh, You were pretty early into it That was like maybe a yeah. year or two or so
1: mine, mine wasn't even because Of the operators being overpowered Necessarily mine was that I'm, Look you're real I'm not bad good at, at that it. game yeah, <laughs> yeah no I'll be the first to admit it I'm not great at Rainbow Six Siege And I kind of got like pretty upset with Myself because it, one bad person In that game kind of like, Just sinks an entire match
0: Yeah kind so, of Um so the new characters The defender Malusi Uh has A thing that's basically like the bulletproof Cameras that you can put on walls Except it also slows Anyone that gets near it uh, mm-hmm. Like a barbed wire does Or like a clash of Shield I guess actually Um so that's kind of messed up Cause you can put that at the top of stairs And It'd be really hard to get past it Um and then the really messed up one is The attacker, Ace Who is Habana but better Because Instead of having to use a launcher To launch his charges He just tosses them like a grenade So it's way faster to get them out Also um, It makes a much wider hole Than Habanas do It's like the length uh, It looked like about like One of Mira's black mirror things About that, that mm. length Uh, Also he has the AK-12 Which is one of the best guns in the game game Ace Oh no they put the
1: ace man in the game
0: That's right Adam Carolla he's here to talk about uh, Men's rights
1: Does he have a move where he just says Very racist things
0: Probably I mean why not
1: Well that is indeed overpowered
0: Anyway that's that's Your siege update Uh, That game is bad (laughs) I do not recommend it Which is weird considering (laughs) shortly after it came out uh, I believe it won the Golden Gizmo for best multiplayer Because back then it It, was pretty good Yeah,
1: it did I I remember this uh, period of time where I thought that that game was bad And people didn't like it And then you spent a lot of time convincing me it was good actually And I agreed with you when I started playing it Even though, like I said, I'm not very good at the game myself Like I could tell, it's still a good game Mm -hmm. Uh, And then yeah, after I bounced off of it Just hearing from you, like over time, slowly falling off that thing yourself. Yeah, Uh, I mean, kind of of a shame.
0: I'm I'm trying to think. The the year two operators also, I think, were fine. Uh, That was it's like lesion. So yeah, Dokabi. I think
1: I'm just surprised that thing is still getting like as much support as it is. Yeah, it's been out for a, a while. I, mean, I would it's... have thought by now they would just do a Siege 2 or something rather than continuing to support this one. But I guess it's getting enough like it, that player base must be active enough where the uh the equation there is to keep releasing new content oh. that people buy other than make a new game.
0: It's very successful. They have a lot of people playing it, and so yeah, that's why right. like they've already said like they're just porting the game to new consoles. It's not a new game.
1: <laughs> Alright, yeah, sure.
0: So uh, I believe Port they'll everything, have cross Well yeah. You know Look, This is actually a case
1: uh, This is actually a case where I think that's probably fine But yeah
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean you know There's going to be like Playstation 5 version Of Overwatch It's going to happen I mean
1: they're doing that Overwatch 2 aren't they Like that's actually the thing that's surprising to me Is Overwatch oh, I would right. expect to be one of those ones Where Like they just continue to support that thing Until it's old as dirt
0: God, about that And then
1: maybe they do an Overwatch Yeah That's bizarre to me (laughs) Like I thought that would be a Team Fortress 2 Scenario where like 10-13 years from now Overwatch is still just Overwatch
0: Yeah Um, I mean especially considering there was not that much in that game And it kind of took them a while to get to a point Where it kind of looked like a full product Yeah
1: Yes uh I I don't remember though what they said that Overwatch 2 is necessarily going to bring Actually, like oh, I I'm trying wait. to remember if that is more of like a single player yes, sort of it, thing
0: it was like PvE yeah. stuff um be- because you know that
1: stuff when they added that was so fucking good right
0: Well so I think the thing is like the multiplayer is still going to be the same thing yeah. I'm pretty sure like if you just want to play multiplayer you don't have to get Overwatch 2 because it's exactly the same I believe uh, again has like cross play between the two So the, Only if you're interested stuff... in PvE
1: Yeah the, the the PvE stuff that they added during those Like uh, events Was awful
0: It was like, but also Really
1: really really bad Yeah. But... So I'm surprised that they're like let's blow that out Into a full game if that's indeed what they're doing
0: At the same time though Like that was kind of a weird thing hacked into the game It was clearly never meant yeah. to support it and so, I I don't really like Overwatch, but I could see them, like, making an alright mode with that I don't know
1: mm, We'll find out We'll have to wait and see, I guess, yeah Sure uh, I don't really have much news, although I am, uh, they announced a new Paper Mario that's out in, like, two months Oh boy That was a little surprising to me that the turnaround would be that fast on announcing this game and it already being out So, uh I've started playing the original Paper Mario, uh, yeah. which is a very, very good game. Yes, it uh, is. I'm going to play Thousand Year Door after that, which I've heard is even better, uh, but I've never actually sat down and played it.
0: A lot um, of people say that I prefer the first one, but mm. Thousand Year Door is pretty yep. good.
1: First one's I'm like, uh, I think there's like eight chapters in that game. I'm only like chapter two. I just got done with like the desert level. Oh yeah, uh, my. <laughs> I've never beat the original Paper Mario. I, I always get past the uh, Haunted House, which I think is like the third dungeon, and then I always just fall off the game and go play something else. So I'm going to actually like try to get past that by a decent amount today uh, and try to finish that thing. Um, well, yeah, this new one like, looks interesting, I guess, but also like the people who I see on Twitter who are talking about that thing or just kind of in general like within my sphere seems very divided on it, with a lot of people thinking it looks like fucking trash, and a lot of people thinking it looks good. So, I don't know what to make of it, because, like, the people who think it looks like trash are, like, bringing up all these other Paper Marios and what they want and what they don't want, and all that is, like, lost to me. Uh, So, the only thing I have to go off of is I think it looks real pretty, and I like the concept of, like, oh, it's this, uh, like, origami enemies and stuff like that. Like, that seems kind of neat. So, I'm, like, trying to be Cautiously optimistic about it I think the thing that is maybe worrying me the most is They're announcing this only two months Out from release and I don't know Why they would want to spit it out that fast
0: Because that's uh, what Nintendo Does now
1: yeah, I guess uh, But also like those last few Paper Marios I heard Were very very bad
0: Oh yeah yeah Color Splash especially Is super bad Sticker Star also Pretty bad yeah. uh, it's... So I saw so. It's kind of strange to me that they haven't just made a Mario and Luigi game for the Switch
1: Yeah, that is kind of surprising Actually, it's surprising they haven't just ported over those now that I think about it
0: Yeah, well, I mean they just did remakes of two of them I think they never did a remake of Partners in Time But they did of the first game and Bowser's Inside Story And those were on 3DS and like really late too Like the Bowser remake came out Like after the Switch had been out for a while
1: Sounds about right
0: I believe it was that uh, and Persona Q2 Were like the last 3DS games
1: uh, Speaking of the Nintendo Switch uh, Something that I just remember Got announced a few days ago Is I think they're adding like Four new NES and mm-hmm. SNES titles And the news for me with that Is less what those games are And more that's a very small amount of games to just emulate on the Switch. Yeah. Like man. Remember when the virtual console actually had
0: games on it? I also think it's funny how they had to go with panel depon, I guess because of the Tetris trademark or something weird with that. Because mm. that's Tetris attack. Um, yeah. But I yeah, I'm not really sure why they went with the Japanese version of it.
1: God, I, I don't know. It's such a small amount of NES and SNES games to add onto that thing. Which I I don't know the inner workings of that stuff, but I can't imagine it'd be that hard to put a bunch of games onto that thing. Like uh, getting getting the license stuff sorted out seems like the only major hurdle to it. Less actually putting the ROMs up and emulating that.
0: Right, and, and considering like I, how many things Nintendo just owns, like their their, their own games you know yeah
1: there's a lot strange. of stuff that could be on there that they would not have to go through the licensing hassle with sure. so i i don't know why it's like months of silence and then hey we got like four games for you yeah please 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 pay for our subscription service
0: uh well let me tell you about a game i decided to play um oh you like grand theft auto
1: I thought we were going uh with anno eighteen hundred, but yes, Grand Theft Auto.
0: Well no, because I haven't I don't have a- Anno eighteen hundred.
1: Okay, Probably never will.
0: Nope. Cause you told me to and got really mad about it, so I will not.
1: <laughs> I didn't I didn't get actually mad about it.
0: You got pretty mad. Um I
1: was joshing with you. I was not mad, but you are a fucker for not buying that game. You
0: like Grand Theft Auto? Uh yeah, it's okay. Okay. Do you like cowboys?
1: Uh, yes.
0: All right. What if they made a Grand Theft Auto but with cowboys?
1: I mean, there's no cars in it though, so I don't know what you'd be hijacking.
0: Well, it'd be horses. But you know, well, it's the it's you'd the same throw the person off the
1: horse and call them a bitch.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: Put the put the prostitute on the horse and the horse rocks around a little bit. And You get your health back.
0: Mm-hmm. See, now you get it. Okay. Anyway, okay, so what if they did that, but then if while you were playing it, there was like, it's like you're the only person in this world, except for occasionally seeing someone else who just constantly shoots you, and there's nothing you can do about it, except hold down the Y button to press charges, which raises their bounty, but that doesn't actually matter. Uh, And also, there are missions, except they're all broken, so you can't actually start any of them. Uh do why would you play that because Red Dead Redemption 2 was on Game Pass and I thought I should check out Red Dead Online because I never played that because I was done with the game before that got added into it. Mm. Uh, and oh boy it is bad.
1: It is it's <sighs> I've yeah I've heard very disparaging things about it which is uh Interesting to me, considering how much they've put into Grand Theft Auto Online. Yeah, that's weird. That thing. I would think that they would know what they're doing by now.
0: You'd think, except it is yeah. just as busted as Grand Theft Auto Online, if not more so. Like they've had all this time to figure it out and still could not. Great. Um, and also, okay, like for example, I rode into a town. Uh, I believe is tumbleweed. And some other player was there and I was like Oh wow, I actually saw someone else That's cool Uh, And he didn't immediately headshot me from two miles away Or turn me into a toilet Or whatever happens in that game Um, But he runs up I think it was an accident I think he was trying to get onto his horse And pulled me off of mine But he pulled Hmm. me off Or no, he did something weird I couldn't tell what it actually was If it was like trying to pickpocket me or something But he runs up and sort of moves his arm near me and it made a noise and then his the name above his head turned <laughs> red and so it was like oh he did something so now I can shoot him and so I shot him and then it's like you're on the run the law's looking for you it's like well, <laughs> if a guy runs up and does something to me and his and his name turns red that means clear to shoot yeah that's basic video game pve flagging pvp i mean flagging come on
1: yeah I just uh, The first part of that I imagine hearing as Like a story of something that actually happened to you Like this guy went up to me and he moved his arm And it made a noise (laughs) I don't know Yeah yeah. that's weird That it would then bug out though because that does Seem like he tried to Steal from you it failed But then it flagged him as an enemy
0: Yeah well I mean I, I can't Figure out how any of that stuff works anyway um, there sure. was another thing where some guy Did shoot me And then I respawn and I found him And again he had a red name It was mar- marked on the mini map even And so I shot him and then again Like I got a bounty for it And I don't
1: it... Come maybe on Maybe red means good guy, don't shoot No, no that... <laughs> I mean look, maybe it does in this one game
0: That cowboy deserves his revenge And they deserve to die uh anyway, oh
1: that's just true. Uh
0: my other main interaction with people was when I encountered a train and so I jumped onto it and hijacked the train and then I realized, "Oh, I can't do anything with this in this mode. There's like nowhere to take it or nothing I can actually do with it." But uh hijacking it gave me a 5 cent bounty, so I had to go pay off the bounty. Uh <laughs> and I could not get to the post office because there was a gang of players there that kept lassoing me and hog tying me <laughs> and then kicking me. <laughs> so I couldn't get we there couldn't to get to pay the post my...
1: office because I kept getting tarred and feathered.
0: That's right. And so I couldn't pay off my five cent bounty. But at that point, like all that other stuff had happened, so I was like, well, I can't just shoot back at them. Otherwise, it'll be way worse. So I had to just keep <laughs> running and trying to get to the post office counter. Pay off my bounty. That was probably the most fun I had with that online mode.
1: It's like how your entire experience with this is just you going like, "I'm just trying to do my best, man." Like, uh, I just basically,
0: have fun. yeah. So I did a couple of missions, and those were actually all right. Like when I got in a group of players and we were doing missions, it was fine. Uh, and then it's like, I mean, you have that whole map, and they spread things out all the way across it. And it is a large map. Um, like, I. All I wanted to do was be a moonshiner. I have no idea how to do it. Because there are things on the map that say, like, this is how you start the path to bounty hunter, this is how you start to collector. The there is none for moonshiner, so I don't know how I'm supposed mm. to do that. Uh, there are stranger missions uh, from people around, and most of those don't work. Like I go up to them and the person is Like I can focus on them and they'll see like Well you want work or not And there's nothing I can do to accept the mission Um
1: If you actually lived In old west times What would your profession be Oh I don't know I think I would be like a barkeep
0: Yeah I'd be alright Yeah, I'd be like the piano I... player at the bar or something
1: yeah, sure. Like, I I think that like you probably aren't really getting through the old west without drinking a lot. So I would want to be behind the bar. Sure, that's where all the alcohol lives
0: I mean, another option would be the doctor. Nobody wants to like cross <laughs> sure. the doctor.
1: Yes. Yeah, so also, like, look at that point in time. I would not really need to know anything about medicine.
0: No, exactly. I've seen Deadwood. Yeah. You just like dig yeah. stuff out of people. It's fine.
1: Uh huh. Oh your toothaches better rip it out of your head Yep There's nothing else I can do for you
0: Minor scratch on this foot needs to come off
1: <laughs> That's right uh, yeah, I don't know I'd like, it. like actual answer though Probably like a banker
0: No That seems like
1: it'd be I mean it's not what I would want to do But it seems like the thing I would probably be Most qualified for at no. that point in time Assuming robbing... that it's just, it's just me Otherwise They're robbing banks all the time though no, I'm not. Like I said, it's not something I would want to do. It's just uh, something I would be qualified to do.
0: Um, okay. Uh, so anyway, I mean, that, I could
1: say I want to be a train conductor, but like, dude, same thing. Like they're robbing that shit all the time. Yeah. Uh,
0: that was my experience with Red Dead. Um, that started because again, it was on Game Pass, and I started and thought, oh right, the beginning of this is very long and very boring, and so I thought, well, maybe in the online version, like I can just. Run around and do stuff Uh, But there is less to do in that Than there is in the single player So
1: yeah, Red Dead Retention 2 was a game that I really wanted To give for a while and then when it actually came out And I started hearing people talk about Just how plotting it is in a lot of places Like I don't think I'm ever going to actually Sit down and play that game
0: Uh, I feel like replaying it now I would probably like it more um, Because when it came out There was a point where I just was like I need to see the end of this. I am spending way too long in it, and so I was just like mainlining the main missions, and that's not yeah. a good way to do it. Uh, that and I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time in the hunting, which sucks, and I would not recommend engaging with it at all, except I really wanted a bear coat, so. Uh.
1: I I think that like the Saints Row games have actually ruined me on Rockstar open world stuff. Because Saints Row yeah. just focused so much on being, like, embracing everything ridiculous about open world games and just trying to be as fun as humanly possible. And the Grand Theft Auto games and Red Dead just seem way more interested in telling the story, and so it seems like they kind of forget to make a fun game. Like, there's still good bits in Grand Theft Auto 5. Mm-hmm. Like, I still had a decent time with it, but there's, like, some stretches of that game where, like, my eyes glaze over and I just do not fucking care.
0: I think that's also, like, there's room for both of them though
1: like, There is One I, doesn't I, yeah.
0: replace the other it, It's not like when Saints Row yes. came out And it was like, oh, this is just like a GTA clone uh, Yeah And they diverged so far Especially with GTA 4, I guess that was sort of the main turning point Yeah um,
1: Like, I I agree Like, I'm, I'm not saying that, oh Get rid of Grand Theft Auto. Get rid of Red Dead Redemption. Just that those aren't really my kind of open world games at this point. Also, those Saints Row. Like I think the the fourth one where you had the superpowers kind of killed the franchise for me because like I don't know where else you could really go with Saints Row at this point. Well,
0: it killed like, the franchise for everybody. It turns out because there have not been yeah, anymore. Well,
1: uh, there was a Gat out of Hell, but that was also more of like a DLC. Yeah. Thing. It was well, pretty short.
0: There was Agents of Mayhem, but nobody wants to talk about that. And rightfully so, right? Because boy, that was. I totally
1: forgot about it. Uh, Hey, speaking of games uh, that you know were announced and then released very quickly after, and also Game Pass, Halo. They did that with uh, the Halo, like the first one, where it was just like out of the blue, like, "Hey, we're releasing this next week." Apparently, they also did that with Halo Two now. So I think like that's also in the Master Chief Collection on PC.
0: Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, Okay.
1: It's just like it's. It's funny to me that they took so long From announcing that thing And then finally being like Hey Reach is now available on PC It's the one game That's all you guys get right now And now it's just Hey we're putting Halo 1 out next week Oh hey uh, Halo 2's already up guys by the way like okay. the, the whole way they've handled that thing Has just been so fucking strange to me
0: Look I'm, tar- I'm trying to talk about new games That were released uh, about a year and a half ago um okay,
1: Halo 2 just came out. It's
0: new no, to me. No, it did <laughs> not. Uh but here's the thing. XCOM Chimera Squad. I have thoughts okay. on this.
1: Yes. Let Bad game.
0: That's my take. Uh, Bad. I thought
1: that you I thought that you had a decent time with it overall. At first. Did you just did you sour on it at some point? Yes. <laughs> Okay, um, so
0: d- there are elements of it that I like that I hope they do continue with Excom Three.
1: Uh, yeah. well, hey, we're we're a positive podcast, so why don't you tell me the good bits first?
0: I like the named characters. Um, on the other hand, I don't think they should be all there is. I think you should have like nameless disposable grunts also. Um, yes, but th- th- like all of the characters are. Specific characters in this it's Like Fire Emblem style I guess But with far mm-hmm. fewer of them
1: The uh, thing I like about Nameless characters Is I can then do the Oregon Trail Thing where I just base them off my friends And then it's funny to me when a Muton Rips them in half
0: uh, Sure I guess so Yeah. Um. Also <laughs> Weird thing about that is You have a maximum number Of them you can recruit And so it's kind of just down to Random just roll the dice as to who you get offered to recruit.
1: Oh, I mean the dice rolling in XCOM games is so good.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um I I missed a whole lot of like 94% shots in this like More than usual, <laughs> I feel like. Uh, but the other thing is that it's very easy. It, oh, I was mm. I was talking about good things in it. Okay. Uh I like the <laughs> encounter sort of nature of it where it's just like so, so
1: what I was I was about to ask how does that work and then you started with it so oh. I retract my question
0: it's just like this is the encounter you get ready set up your characters then you breach and then you go into like a room where you fight enemies it's not like you're you're not like moving through a large map like in the others
1: Okay. See, uh, I was confused if it was if it was a you enter the map and then there are like different encounters on that map, but between encounters you just kind of move around. No, uh, no. W- I was kind of confused kill, about what that meant exactly.
0: Once you kill all the enemies or like defuse the bomb or whatever it is, then you just move to the next encounter and it does it, holds it again. You out. Okay. Um, huh. and that's okay because. It what? really, it just removes the downtime between fighting enemies Where it's just like, we're going to inch forward You know, <laughs> inch so is by there inch with no, Overwatch on
1: Is there no fog of war?
0: There is But okay. uh, enemies do not, like, hide in it But, like, you, okay. can, you can Enemies can be hidden in it, but it's not like You move forward and then it's like Oh here are like five sectoids That were hanging out in this corner mysteriously You know Once you go in a room you basically know who's in there
1: Those sectoids across the street Are up to no good
0: Yeah Uh, Well I mean you have a sectoid on your team now Because this this is a sequel to 2 You've got uh, aliens With the humans
1: wasn't it that like uh you break the the psychic link that's holding the aliens together? Yeah. Well, Wasn't that how that ends? Okay. Yeah, I
0: think so. Um Yeah, it was like the, the elders or whatever or like controlling yeah. them or something. Uh, so so yeah, I, I like that. Here's the bad things. One, way too long. Uh they to their credit, they wanted to make sure people got their money's worth, I guess. But the structure of it is that you are investigating these three groups To find out like who was behind the assassination of the mayor Um, And you have to do all three of those investigations no matter what I had everything maxed out by the time I had finished the second one But I still had to do the third one And also like you have to just wait a certain amount of in-game days For certain things to reveal So I just had to grind out the same missions I had been doing over and over which is another thing There are maybe like I'm gonna be generous and say like 10 rooms in this Oh no uh, Like the layouts do not change like if Okay you... there's
1: if, if there's 10 rooms With layouts that don't change What would your estimate be On how many battles you actually Had to get into over the course of that game Oh I'm not even sure that's something you could put a number on because I don't think it's something that anyone would really be conscious of. But I'm curious, like you know, x number of missions, ten rooms, like within well, what becomes the odds of seeing a certain room so many times.
0: That's what I'm trying to think because you have basically you have to pass like like six or seven days usually before one of the major missions shows up, and there are maybe three or four of those for each of the investigations. So if you take Let's say 6 times 4 24 Probably 120
1: Oh Jesus Christ <laughs> Yeah That's way worse than I was Like I was thinking like 40, 50
0: No That, that's saying double that, that. that game is long I spend about 30 Jesus. hours on it
1: Um yeah, I, like I I know that when you uh you first picked that thing up, you were just going like, "Oh, I'll fuck around with this for a few hours." And I was warning you, like, "No." What I've been hearing is that's about the length of a full XCOM game.
0: Yeah, well, it's still not anywhere near that, actually. Um.
1: Yeah, sure, but but it's still much longer than I think anyone would anticipate. Like this little DLC thing as as being. Yeah. Game.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, like that's the thing. If it had just been the two. Investigations you had to do and then it was Just like okay now we go on to the final bit That would be okay Um, But yeah Yeah. that last One was just such a slog Uh, Also I do not like The turn order thing in it I can kind of see what they're Going for with it But there aren't that many Ways to manipulate it and it just Makes it seem like it's taking forever Between your guys turns
1: what what's the like? How does it differ from XCOM? Oh, as I it, understand XCOM,
0: it's basically like a like a turn based thing where speed is determining what their turn okay. order is. It's not your guys move then their guys move like it was hmm. in the past. Um, and so sometimes this means the enemies will just like move two or three times before one of your turns comes around again, which is very annoying. Especially, Do you have
1: anything that could like debuff them, slow them yes. down?
0: Uh there okay. are a couple of them. Not many though. Um mm. there's there's one guy who has like a psychic attack that can sort of delay their turn. He can also he has an ability that lets him swap places with an enemy and that can also be upgraded so it delays their turn. Um
1: So yeah, there are some,
0: but not many. Because
1: See, I'm thinking, like, my point of reference for that is Final Fantasy Tactics, which is also, you know, obviously, tactical RPG, similar to XCOM, but it also uses that system of, well, you have a speed stat, and that determines your turn order. But, like, Tactics actually gives you quite a few ways to alter that turn order during the course of a of an encounter, uh, depending on, like, what like when you cast spells can fuck with the turn order or if you manage to like kind of block somebody off in a corner um so like in tactics you really want to be constantly checking the turn the turn order and trying to like plan ahead and sort of line things up the right way um but it kind of sounds to me like mayor squad does not even offer like that much flexibility to it
0: well i mean you you do have to look at the turn order quite a bit because they'll be not like okay. well I could shoot this guy over here Or I could kill this guy whose turn is coming up Like the other guy, he's so far down there That I'm going to have plenty of time to deal with him And that stuff is interesting It's just I, It's, it's mainly just how long it takes Between your turns That seems like hmm. it messes with me Uh, uh especially I will say one comparison
1: well, That I can make between those two games Is at least with Final Fantasy Tactics The percentage of your attack's chance to hit is actually accurate Versus XCOM where it's like Oh 95% alright this could just be Bullshit I'll yeah. totally whip the Sniper rifle shot when I'm like two feet away from this guy
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah. But uh I forgot what I was gonna say Cause he had to I'm go on sorry, about Final yeah. Fantasy Tactics
1: I like Final Fantasy Tactics a whole lot That is a pretty right. game I want to kiss it If
0: you Marry say so. that game. What I was going to say was that So Also this game is very easy Because all of your characters have skills That are pretty overpowered Uh, And it seems like You have a lot more abilities that don't end the turn Than you did in previous ones So like one Mm -hmm. guy Can just like pop a shield over somebody That makes them completely ignore The damage of one attack Uh, And he can do that and then attack or move Um But
1: There was one that was able to like chain stuff Right yeah, like his, his accuracy or something would increase Like what was
0: that Yeah the sectoid guy Uh, So he has sort of two main psychic abilities He can stun someone Or he can cause berserk on them Which by the way berserk does not seem like it works In previous games It seems like it just automatically Makes them shoot whoever is closest to them It's not like just sort of a random move Or attack random person So that's essentially a free attack Because he can use that and then attack Also But anytime he uses a psychic uh, attack on somebody Then it adds them to his neural network Which increases his accuracy And so then you can get an upgrade for him That whenever someone in his neural network would die It just knocks them out So they remain in his network Uh, And so he can just Oh, and then also he gets another ability That makes him heal one hit point for every person in his network At the end of every turn So he's basically unkillable uh, that's cool. Mm. Um, but the also the items are kind of poorly balanced too. Like, you can get okay. There's a whole lot to unpack here. The items don't work like they did in the previous XComs. You can't research everything. I tried to research like everything I could. I had as many people like stationed in the research center as I could, and. You like you don't get like improved scopes or anything like improved magazines. Like, you basically just get scope, stock, magazine, auto loader. That's it. You never get like superior or enhanced or whatever. Uh, those you have to buy from the scavenger market with intel. And intel is a resource. It's like um, illyrium, intel, and credits. And Intel is what you use to build what are they called field bases, something like that, which is sort of the replacement for base building, although not really. It's just kind of on a map, and it's just like do you want a base that has it's like security technology or finance I think, and they just give you like income every week basically, so you In no longer
1: size. have uh, the the council guys. Showing up and being like, "Oh, hey, we're going to evaluate like your last month of progress." No, Uh, remember we'll we'll be watching you.
0: No, you do have sort of the uh, the chaos level or whatever Uh, that's still there because all of these. Mm. It's like a it's a nine it's a three by three grid of the districts, and the unrest in them will rise if you're not doing missions in them. You know, it's that standard kind of thing. If it hits the Max then your overall anarchy thing will go up Uh, You're never really in danger of losing that way Because you have spec ops mission Okay so You have I believe they're called spec ops missions uh, That you can put any of your units on And all of them are useless except for two One is for a free field team That's what they're called field team not field bases And the other one is to reduce the uh, city anarchy by, I think, three. No reason to do anything else, because they take way too long for like 20 credits or whatever. Um, And that imbalance kind of also extends to everything else here. So you can get different ammo types like you could previously with tracer rounds or whatever. No reason to do that? Armor piercing. Because the armor piercing ignores five points of armor... And, uh, there are a lot of armored enemies in this. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I remember, like,
1: armored enemies getting pretty, like. There were a lot of them towards the end of XCOM 2 as well. So yeah, anything that could just bypass that sounds like it'd be. Yeah. Ideal.
0: Um, but. Basically, it's just, like, armor piercing rounds, plasma grenades, which, again, you have to buy from the scavenger market. Can't research them. Um. And then for armor I tried a few of them and then I realized Oh there's this thing called like a Flux Weave I think Which gives you plus 50 dodge All the time and that's a lot That's how much you would get from hunkering down Normally
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Which once I started Using that on people Like nothing could hit them like About 80% of shots That would have hit them just like grazed them Because of their dodge stat it's Busted. Seems like a very easy game. Yes, it is, except for this is going, what I was going to mention. or there is okay. one of the like investigation finale missions that uh, it's like there's a portal they're opening, and what you remember the big orb things that float around. Say hi to the orb. Hi orb. No. no, no.
1: Yes, I remember the orb. Oh,
0: okay. Um, Where they're bringing one of those through it But also it just continually summons people Unless you go to like shut it down Except there's also like eight guys around it And like big mechs and everything And also this boss guy who's basically one of the ninja characters And going back to the turn order thing He just gets to move constantly And he just like runs up and attacks And then gets to move away again and he'll do that like three or four times Between each one of your guys being able to move And it was infuriating
1: mm. uh,
0: And that that one I had to reload Like two or three times I think uh, But that was really the only time I think I failed anything
1: I uh Look I don't want to keep bringing up Final Fantasy Tactics But that reminds me <sighs> of a very specific thing from that game It's like there so final fantasy tactics is a very easy tactical rpg up until a certain point where which is sort of similar to that where the difficulty pacing just kind of totally fucks up blows up in a really bad way uh in tactics case in particular it's a one on one fight between your main character ramza and a uh boss character named weigruff um but the way that the game kind of stacks that mission is between uh you you go to this castle, and you enter it, and once you enter it, you cannot jump out of it. And the game offers you the ability to save after each mission. So if it's your first time playing the game, you're just going to save the game. The problem is you then get hit with this one-on-one fight that is very easy to lose unless you have a specific setup to beat him, because he basically can, like, damn near one-shot you, which will just put you in this loop of being near death, running away, healing, getting hit again, running away, healing. Um... So if you save there you're just fucked Like there's no way to jump back out to the main map And get experience or get better equipment or job abilities Uh, And for like most first time players They're going to have like no idea that that fight is coming Or how to even prepare for it Um,
0: So actually that reminds me about something in Chimera Squad Which is Your characters can't die as far as I can tell at least not mine mm. did A couple of them got incapacitated But I think I think even if you don't like stabilize them And get them back I think it just like Does basically what I'm going to talk about Which is that they can get wounds Which reduce their stats Um, But that can also happen just like If they reach low health During a mission And to, do, to heal this you have to like put them in a training thing And they have to take a certain amount of days To heal This also means During the last few missions Which you have to do all in a row Uh I hope you have everybody trained up Because somebody's <laughs> going to get wounded And you're not going to have time to heal them Because you have to just go into the next mission So you're going to have to Keep swapping people out Uh And Sometimes it's weird because the wounds are random So sometimes it doesn't matter at all um, But then sometimes it could be something That just completely wrecks their usefulness Like uh I'm trying to remember his name The sectoid guy I was type ta- Verge uh, He lost Like on the first of the final missions He got a wound that removed his uh, Psy attack ability So he was pretty much useless uh, so that was cool uh, Oh, and another thing is For as long as this game is, they forgot to put an ending in it Which is <laughs> oh, great, great. <laughs> Because you get to oh. the end And I mean, I'm just going to spoil it Because there's really nothing to spoil uh,
1: Sure, I mean, it doesn't have an ending So yeah, what is there to spoil? It, it it really doesn't
0: Because You're looking at these three groups And they're like, oh, there's somebody behind it That's been funding it Atlas, they're calling them And so you go there and You find the guy Who is behind it But he's like he's got a mask on And you know like the voice changer And everything And so I was thinking oh, Well from the beginning I was thinking Okay the mayor isn't actually dead Like she gets Killed like off screen in an explosion This must have been set up And I was expecting it would be her That was behind it all Uh, No No just like kill this guy and that's it. It's like okay, we got him.
1: Huh. The end. <laughs> so he just has a mask on for funsies. He's not a character yeah. that you would. Re- there's no like reveal moment where it's oh nope. shit, it was this dude the whole time.
0: Nope. I even like uh, oh, okay. I killed all the bosses. Like, well, not killed, but I captured all the bosses non lethally. Doesn't seem like it makes any difference because I think it kind of just counts them as dead anyway.
1: Um, uh a non-lethal takedown is the most silent takedown.
0: That's right. I had to go get the gep gun. Um yeah. But yeah, it's just like you do that last mission, it's like congratulations, you did it. The end.
1: <laughs> All right. Great. Like I I'm kind of worried about what XCOM 3 will be because between this and the last DLC that they put out for 2, it seems like there's much more of a focus on named characters. What? Like uh I'm worried about what XCOM Three will be because between Chimera Squad and the DLC that they released, you repeating the whole sentence because I don't know at what point I cut off. You didn't. I'm just saying, like, what?
0: I'm wondering what your issue was with XCOM 2's DLC because one of the Chosen was great. No,
1: I don't have an issue with it. My my issue is that had like these named characters that had like it was a sort of weird, not quite nemesis system thing, but you kept encountering those guys. Like, that was very good. But I'm saying that that was still, we're introducing these named antagonists who are you're going to have to, like, you run into them multiple times. And then this DLC is, okay, now you have a bunch of named characters in your squad. So I think the thing that is worrying me more is a heavier push into everybody's named. It's a fire emblem type of thing. You don't get nameless soldiers. Like, we're focusing much more on story and narrative, uh, which is not what I want necessarily from XCOM. I think the balance they had with that in that XCOM 2 DLC was really good. I like that. I want more of that. Mm -hmm. But what you're describing of Chimera Squad is too much of a push into that story heavy direction that I don't care for.
0: Well, so if you like the sound of that, then let me tell you about a game called Gears Tactics, also released fairly recently. It's an XCOM. How does that
1: compare to Final Fantasy Tactics? Because that's the only way I understand these goddamn Uh, games. I don't.
0: I don't know. I mean, this has chainsaw guns in it, so it's better. Mar-
1: Marcus Phoenix summoning a chocobo.
0: Marcus Phoenix is not in it. It's a prequel. What?
1: Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Not
0: interested. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's right after Emergence Day, so it's like the beginning of the Pendulum Wars, I guess, or whatever. Mm. Uh, but it is very good, from what I've found. It it has a mix of. Like the named hero characters And just random grunts you can pick up uh, Very in-depth skill trees Much more than those found in XCOM Even though From what I can tell It seems like all of them have basically one branch That is clearly superior to the rest um, But yeah, I'm enjoying it I'm not very far in it I'm only a few missions into it So I can't really say that much about it yet But uh, I have been liking it quite a bit Much more than Chimera Squad even at the beginning When I was tricked into thinking it was good
1: Uh, I remember seeing that reveal stuff With uh, Gears Tactics and being interested In it then although Frankly I just like tactical RPGs So much it's not hard to get me interested In one Uh, But I I kind of like I didn't really
0: Like it makes sense
1: Yeah Yes it does And, like, I'm still very interested in it But it seems like there was this long period of time Where they didn't say anything about it So its release kind of crept up on me Uh,
0: Yeah yeah. How much is it? I don't know, it's on Game Pass, so Whatever whatever that Um, costs
1: Shit, looks like I'm getting Game Pass again
0: Yeah, just Because it's, what, it's like $6 a month on PC, I think
1: Yeah, it's, like, it'll It'll take me a month to beat that game tops So Yeah, there you go Yeah, um Plus I've been wanting to check out the uh, I don't think I really want to play through all of Halo 1 and 2 story modes again right now, but like I'd like to fuck around in the multiplayer, assuming it's not dead like Reach was two weeks after that thing came out. Yeah, okay, I don't know. The point is, a Game Pass is it continues to be too good of a deal. I am not sure how they justify charging as little as they do for that. It's kind of yeah. unreal to me.
0: Yeah. Um, so... With games out of the way, I have important business
1: No, no I do got two old games to talk about Although one of them won't take much time, but what is this this business?
0: Last night, I viewed The Rise of Uh, Skywalker (gasps) I did it, I finally did it (gasps) Aren't you proud?
1: Yeah Although I was really hoping to devote like a whole episode to unpacking that thing, cause god, there's a lot to unpack about Rise of Skywalker. Is there? That thing's a that thing's a fucking movie, man. Yes, mm. there is. There's a lot of very interesting decisions that they made uh with that picture. Not all of them good. In fact, I would say very few of them good.
0: I um, found it to be we... fine
1: that is my takeaway with it too. I had a very good time when I sat down in the movie theater and watched it. And then, which by the way, last movie I watched in a movie theater, probably going to be the last movie I watched in a movie theater for Christ knows how long. And like a big bombastic star Wars movie is a pretty good, like last movie theater experience. If you had to go with something. Yeah. Mine
0: Uh, was uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. So
1: that would also be very good. Yeah. Um, i but my takeaway uh coming out of that theater was i had a very good time with it like it was a fun movie but it's also one of those ones where if you try to put it up to any scrutiny it starts to quickly fall apart um and my biggest issue with it is how much they tried to walk back the stuff that happened in the last jedi and i think when you're dropping the themes that you introduce in the middle of a story like you're you're it lacks so much cohesion That it just completely falls apart to me um, I, I
0: actually don't have as much of an issue with that I do have an issue with the way they do it Where they continually say like Yes, it was this way the whole time It was yeah. always Palpatine Leia always knew you were a Palpatine You know, <laughs> all that stuff It's you like, come him, on
1: <laughs> Tell me you don't like the bit Where she throws her lightsaber into the fire And Luke catches it and walks out And looks at the camera is like Don't throw lightsabers away also why did
0: they have Mark Hamill also voicing that little alien at the beginning Like that was so know. distracting Because I was like I okay that know. that's definitely Mark Hamill Like is the ghost of Luke possessing him Like is that going to be the <laughs> twist And no, he, he just like gets his head cut off or whatever
1: I, I, By the way spoilers for Rise Skywalker <laughs> If anyone hasn't seen it yet <laughs> It's on Disney um,
0: Plus now it's fair game
1: Yeah uh, I like the bit where they... Try to fake you out with murdering Chewbacca And then like 10 minutes later Everyone just goes Chewbacca's still alive Guys it's great we got her buddy
0: back It's not even that It's like maybe 3 minutes later it shows him on the ship
1: Yeah no I mean like for the actual characters They have this like really serious moment of mourning Where Rey is like I killed my friend Which is like one of the heaviest things in Star Wars Is somebody acknowledging that they murdered a friend of theirs and then ten minutes later for them, it's just like, "Oh, Chewbacca's on the Star Destroyer." <laughs> I, I everything's didn't... fine now. Actually, like nothing has fucking permanence in Star Wars.
0: And that whole thing too was like some real like Force Unleashed stuff, you know, where they're like grappling over the transport and everything. Yes. I was yeah. just like, remember how that game was supposed to be like a ridiculous exaggeration of Force powers, and now here they are, basically yeah. doing that.
1: Um, Although I did like the, the force power stuff where it's them like passing objects back and forth and kind of like projecting themselves weird. into how like, it is what it is and it makes no sense. But honestly, that's the kind of weird mystic shit with the force that I'm into. That... Like I, I like that. I think that is a good building off of their connection from the previous movie. Like that's one of the things that they kept from The Last Jedi and built upon. And I really like that.
0: To me, um, that seemed like J.J. J. Abrams not understanding what was happening in those scenes. Like he was like, "Oh, I mean, they, they're actually together. Possible. Like they are force yeah. projecting or something, and not just like seeing each other in their mind." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, you I know. Really, dude, I. What.
1: I like the bit where she gives uh, Kylo Ren the lightsaber, and then he does the Han Solo shrug. Uh, that's cute. That was a cute thing that they did in the movie.
0: Yeah. Sure. Uh I I really like the bit where it turns out Snoke was just like a messed up homunculus <laughs> the palpatine like he just, just had vats full of them
1: yeah that's actually the, the best visual gag in that movie is Kylo Ren is walking around this place and there's just a vat full of snoke
0: yeah like he was just that disposable like that makes sense to me also that's good because snoke sucked and was an idiot yes. um and uh, also I really like that little ape goblin that like puts the helmet back together, he was cool. Yeah. Uh Babu Frick no that, that, Frick no, that yes. no different different one. Uh in Palpatine's place, there's like it's it, he just looks like an ape, but he has like oh, goblin right. ears. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that now.
0: Yes, Babu Frick also good. Uh speaking of zero permanence, uh they wipe C three PO's memory and then it comes back.
1: Yeah, R2's just like whatever I backed you up the whole time, here you go. <laughs> Uh, there was some stuff about like test audiences really hating the ending and them going through a bunch of different endings. I don't know how substantiated that is because the site that published that was some comics gate bullshit but some of the stuff I heard about that was like there were more actual character deaths that were permanent and people in the test screenings did not like that so I could kind of see that maybe Chewbacca was supposed to die, maybe CD-3PO never was supposed to get his memory back and them tagging on this stuff about like Oh it's fine actually the C C3... Then realizing test audience didn't like it
0: The C-3PO thing did seem kind of tacked on Chewbacca I don't think so because like he's in the, so much Of the yeah, rest of that
1: he, That is that is true They gave him his medal He finally That's got right. his uh, a new hope medal That, that <laughs> yeah. was cute Yeah it just had to you know Princess Leia had to die and also Carrie Fisher it turns out
0: Yeah um, Also yeah, that... boy the CGI Luke and Leia's look so bad Holy they look cow. like they came
1: out of Battlefront 2. Yes, man. they did. Like, it's just some straight up video game graphics. Yeah. Um, so here's my question for you did, uh, did Carrie Fisher's presence in this thing feel very off to you? Yes. Okay, it, it, it felt. It took me out of the movie constantly And I don't think it's just because I knew that she passed Without really doing any scenes for this movie It very much felt like We're taking any extra footage we got That was on the cutting room floor of these last two movies And we're compositing it all together Yeah, every Like time... when characters are speaking to her It does not feel like they are actually speaking to anybody
0: No, every time she was on screen I was like trying to look and see if I could tell Where the green screen line was Where she had been like inserted Yeah, It, it was bad
1: Yes, it was. Uh, but also, like, I don't think that there's necessarily a right answer on how to handle all that stuff. No. Uh, also, like at the end of the movie, maybe you have her. She's in like an X-wing, and then she like they divert paths, and she drives off into the sunset.
0: Yeah, that'd be okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know what? yes, actually, Fast and the Furious the fuck out of Star Wars. I'd be okay with that.
0: I also. I really appreciate how Palpatine Like in his zombie form does kind of Just look like Ian McDermott like With some zombie makeup on And then like sure. for some reason Once he sucks the life force out of Rey And Kylo he gets all Like gnarly like he used to be Like that's Like yeah. that's his one truest form Is like uh-huh. bulbous And like horrible it, That's okay yeah, Sure, his
1: inflamed flesh and everything I, I like him uh Going like, hey Kyle Wren your dad threw me down a pit. Guess what? I had a, pill, a pit made just because I figured one of you Skywalker fucks was going to come here, and now I'm throwing you down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the, um, um, I like the, you know, the visual of the destroyed throne room and everything. Uh, people, yeah, it is weird. People don't seem to remember the Death Star, uh, even though yes. again, not too long ago. <laughs>
1: I actually really don't, two things that really stuck out as being sore points for me is that all Star Destroyers just have Death Star lasers on them now. I'm not sure how that works, first of all, because Kyber Crystals is how canonically, like thanks to Rogue One, that stuff is able to happen, and those are supposed to be very rare. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I just think that it's, oh, now there's lots of Star Destroyers is a really shitty escalation of things. I feel they could have come up with a better, more unique threat. Um, yeah, and I don't like them going like, "Well, why can't we just like do the holdo thing to all these star destroyers?" And then they just dismiss it as, "Ah, no, it was like a million in one shot." Right. No, it Wasn't? Yes. No, it Wasn't. <laughs> that,
0: that's also especially weird because there is an explanation for that too. They could just say like, "Star destroyers have interdictor fields. Don't know why that one didn't have one, but all the rest of yeah. them do, because they do." Yeah. I like get it, it. The holdo <laughs> one shouldn't have worked anyway, but. Ryan Johnson It's also
1: also weird to me because In Return of the Jedi The Super Star Destroyer is taken out By an A-Wing that just spins out of control And crashes with like The the main command deck And then it careens off course and blows up On the Death Star surface Like you don't even need a big ship To ram through a Star Destroyer Just take like one X-Wing out there And bash it into the command deck
0: Yeah Like that's why you don't put bridges like up there like on a platform yes. Right on the outside
1: It's it's a very dumb idea uh-huh. But um, I do I do like that they had this Big chanting like Crowd inside the throne room That was just chanting the lyrics to duels of fate
0: Yeah that was alright
1: that, that was kind of neat uh, uh, I, That's a I reference that it, did not land with me Until I found out later
0: I found it very annoying How many strobe lights were in Every part with Palpatine like I was just sitting oh, sure. there staring like Dale Cooper in the Black Lodge as all These lights were <laughs> flashing That was really bad
1: Oh, I do really like uh, Palpatine like getting His face completely melted Off though
0: yeah you know it's, it's uh you know it's like The part in Revenge of the Sith Where he wouldn't just yeah. stop shooting Lightning <laughs> <laughs> It's like poetry it rhymes
1: Yeah um a lot of people got bent out of shape about the the whole plot of like, okay, if you kill me, then my soul will go into your body, and then I'll take control over you. And then people go, i like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, why didn't that happen when he died in Return of the Jedi? And it's, I think that they're, like, I, I can still kind of see that working out. Like, maybe that's why he wanted Luke to kill him, because then he could do that. And I also kind of took it as like, that only happens if, you kill him while you're really fucking mad like yeah. you're already given into the dark side so you're verbal and like ray at the end of that thing is not in that sort of state of mind mm-hmm. which is why he didn't transplant himself onto her anyway i the, the bit too with like uh all the voices of the uh dead jedi coming back that was all right and like there's a there's a bunch of characters from that who i don't recognize because they come from like rebels and shit
0: <laughs> really I, I didn't yeah. recognize a lot of them I recognize obviously Yoda, Obi-Wan, um, Mace Windu
1: Mace Windu, yeah Um, uh, Who else Hader was in... Christensen was oh, yeah. in there Okay Yeah, because he's the one who's like Return balance to the force like I did And it's like, oh, Anakin, I don't right. think you understood What <laughs> happened at all
0: <laughs> Look, the Jedi, they, they were not that smart we're like, oh yeah, yes. let's he's gonna bring balance to the force when there are a whole lot of Jedi and like a couple of Sith. This is a great idea.
1: Yeah. Weird flex Anakin revealing that you didn't watch the other two movies that came before this one.
0: <laughs> also, he got amnesia from being in a robot also, like,
1: suit. With the, that one what bothers me with that too is I would rather instead of Anakin's like Hayden Christensen's voice, like have it be James Earl Jones.
0: He uh James Earl Jones does Without have a the, quick Cameo early on too
1: He does yeah Um, But I would have liked his Voice without the modulation Uh, But I'm also one of those people who is still Deeply bothered by the fact that they removed Sebastian Shaw uh, from the end Of Return of the Jedi and just green screened And hidden Christensen Uh, Because that doesn't make any goddamn sense to me Not really Not even a little bit (laughs) So uh, Liam Neeson was also in that um, Sort of uh, Yeah Yeah Cavalcade of Jedi voices uh, Ahsoka Tano is in there as well um, uh, Alright Sure She's the only like One of these weird side Jedi's From the um From like uh, Rebels and, and all these different shows that I Like I'm aware of who they are uh, And apparently uh, she's going to be Played by Rosario Dawson in uh, The Mandalorian
0: I'm Sure finally a reason for me to care about Ahsoka yeah.
1: Yes um, and uh, Timothy Olyphant Also going to be in that So finally the first fuck is going to be said in Star Wars I can't wait
0: It's about time Yeah
1: um, Can't wait for Timothy Olyphant to complain about the fucking Jedi uh, there, there were some other I Who's the guy with the weird He's got like the cone head thing the Jedi the from head. the prequels
0: Oh uh Ki-Adi Mundi
1: Okay, he's not the one I'm thinking of, then Are you thinking there, of Yariel certain... Poof? <laughs> no You know whose voice should have been in that thing? Yordles? The the female Yoda that everyone Yaddle? forgets exists <laughs> Yaddle, yes yeah. See, I couldn't even remember the name
0: What about Plo Koon?
1: That's who I'm thinking of Plo Koon, I think, might have actually been one of the voices in that thing
0: What? He, he doesn't speak English Or basic, I guess
1: Oh well then maybe I'm thinking of somebody else There, there is at least one of the uh, ancillary Jedis From the prequel trilogies that do show up In it and it was surprising to me because I don't know why they would care That much to get them to cameo in that thing Like these was, Rebels actors Makes more sense to me
0: It was just uh, Jimmy Smits As uh, oh, that been good. Bail Organa
1: Jeffrey Combs Showing up in a Star Wars Fuck it why not <laughs>
0: He would be good it's in, in Star Wars. I, you know, he would. okay. So, also the thing with Hux being like, "I was the spy." <laughs> oh, so I need to very stupid.
1: I need to bring that up, um, because in my in my theater when that happened, and he's just like, um, he's just like, I don't care about your resistance. I just want to see Kylo Ren fail. There was some woman in the back who went, "Oh damn!" <laughs> like as loud as she possibly could. <laughs>
0: I so <laughs> that was dumb. But then I appreciated Richard E. Grant just like gunning him down like no yeah. issue and just being like, Yeah, yeah. whatever. We found the spy. Idiot. That's pretty good. And I uh, I was thinking like I would be okay with it if Richard E. Grant just like unceremoniously killed off like ninety percent of the cast in this or something.
1: Oh that'd be right. Uh uh how about Harrison Ford just showing up as a ghost and being like, Kyle Ren's dead, my son, my boy's alive
0: You know, yeah, Harrison, he actually, he seemed to be putting at least a little bit of effort into it So yeah. that was okay
1: That was nice um, You just crashed a plane into the set one day and they're like, well, well, we got Harrison here Might as well get him in a scene uh, there's a really good edit of that scene where Kyle Ren throws the lightsaber, and then you hear in the distance. It would make a fine addition to my collection. And then they just have like composited in uh, General Grievous running and jumping into the ocean. Okay, sure. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Okay. Um, yeah, the force healing stuff is a weird thing too, because like I, yeah, I so get yeah. it, but then it starts to make me wonder why they didn't just use that in a. Bunch of other movies were well, been Very useful
0: well because they're Transferring their life energy is the whole thing That's why Ben he, he Gets you know. ghosted at the end Although yeah for a while there I was thinking like Boy these they're like Gears of War characters Like as long as one of them's still alive They can just revive the other one By yeah. using Phoenix Downs on each other
1: uh, One of the things I really don't like about this movie too Is uh actually two things but like Finn's character has been completely reduced to just running around and screaming ray all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think I am thrilled about them leaning harder into the romance between uh Ray and Kylo Ren and just completely dumping this like yeah god. But then the other thing with that too is he has this thing that he wants to tell her and he never says what it is throughout the entire goddamn picture. Uh and it com- it came out after the fact that it was, was force he sensitive to tell her that he was force sensitive. Yeah. yeah. So it's something that you infer from the movie, but also they'd never really like do anything with it. No. Like, it'd be one thing if he just never said it and it was up to the audience to sort of figure out what was going on, but there is no actual payoff to him being force sensitive anyway.
0: Right. It's just like that bit in the first one where he reaches for the saber and it kind of rattles a little bit and then that's it.
1: Yep. It's like great, that okay. I guess that didn't matter after all. However, um, also I, w- the-
0: I will say, like at least in this movie, he and Poe are doing things that are relevant to the plot, unlike in The Last Jedi yes.
1: Yeah, although I'm not super into the fact that the plot for like about 60% of the movie is just running around gathering up MacGuffins Just oh, gotta sure. get these keys, put them all together Yeah, um, I- I Go to really... the Death Star and into the Chamber of the Crystal Monkey Yeah Start... Clicking that thing together.
0: So I did really, really like how lineup. Kylo got that holocron and just like jammed cables into it, like he was plugging a subwoofer sure. into it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That was pretty good. Um
1: That was uh Mustafar that he went to, by the way.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. At the at the start of the movie, apparently. Uh in the didn't novel really look and like labels out as Mustafar. Uh he gets that holocron from Vader's uh castle or whatever.
0: I appreciate how the whole thing about uh, Palpatine sending out A message was not in the movie And instead was in Fortnite apparently
1: <laughs> I didn't know that
0: That's true it happened in Fortnite Great. You can go see a clip of what the bell, the, the Emperor said uh, I I don't Understand the fascination That later directors Have with just like Having important things happen before the movie Starts like yeah. that happened In episode four because Georgie Porgie either did not Know how to like handle The war part or Just did not care maybe Or well yeah, yeah it's also like kind of Irrelevant to the plot overall
1: Yeah it's just a throwaway thing of like hey there was this War happened and I was uh you know War buddies with your old man like you get everything like that's really the problem with the prequels in the first place is they're completely unnecessary because all the important information that you would get from that is very eloquently given to the audience in the first movie like it's as concise and direct as it needs to be you get all the information you need to understand everything else that's going to happen in those in those movies
0: that and when Um, you see the things they're alluded to they're way lamer than what you could imagine you know, like he says yeah. the Clone Wars, and you're like, "Oh man, Clone Wars—that sounds cool." It turns out it's just a bunch of dopes fighting bugs.
1: Yeah, these stupid robots that say "Roger, Roger" all the time—they're <laughs> all comedy goof-up characters. And
0: uh, I like the battle droids. But, I think okay.
1: I think the people who say that the sequel trilogy is worse than the prequel tr- trilogy are full of fucking shit. Oh yeah, uh, I think that the sequel trilogy—not great but also man what the the prequel trilogy is so fucking bad though like two yeah. of those movies are straight up just a medicated sleep aid like attack of the clones puts my brain to sleep man it's it's boring it's oh, very yeah. very boring yeah phantom menace also incredibly boring at least like has a couple redeeming things like i like the pod like, race. Otto. i like the Yes, like Watto, the pod race uh, The fight with Darth Maul I like it when uh, the, the When Jar Jar he, he steps in the dookie, that's pretty good Oh um, sure Yeah, if Fortuna shows up That's alright
0: That's right You are the Jabba.
1: If Fortuna, one of the voices that speaks to Ray At the end of Rise of Skywalker <laughs> yeah.
0: That would have been good so don't worry, Bober um, Fett's coming back.
1: Yeah, great. Why not? Fuck it. Um. Yeah, I. Yeah, the the sequel trilogy I think is at least like there's a lot of dumb decisions that they made throughout that thing, but they're all still like watchable movies. There's stuff going on, uh-huh. like they're interesting to me. Whereas at least with the prequels, like two thirds of that stuff was just very dull. And then like Revenge of the Sith, which is the most interesting out of those. Also, is just crammed with a lot of really bad, cringy. Moments. Like the anything dealing with Padme and Anakin is the absolute fucking worst. Oh yeah, like the the worst dialogue I think I've ever heard in any like major motion picture. Um, You're pushing General fifty hard Graves-
0: and you got a bum ticker. <laughs> How
1: about that? It's a good counterpoint. um <laughs> I really dislike General Grievous as a character, like as a whole, I think he's terrible. And I think that's also another good example of kind of what you were getting out of just having stuff occur before the movie, where General Grievous feels like this character who was built up before the movie, but when you get into the actual like introduction of this character, it's just, I don't know, here he is. Um, it, it almost feels like the audience is expected to know who that character is already. And like, I think he was in uh, Tarkovsky's um, Clone yeah. Wars series is what he actually viewed in.
0: Um, uh, I don't know
1: if that actually came out first or not. That might have been after the movie. I Tarkovsky's, I I think came out before Revenge of The Sith*, and then the actual like CG Clone Wars thing came out after, if I remember right. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which
1: apparently that thing is uh now wrapped up, and I've heard that last season not very good, except at the end <gasps> where it it gets really really good. <gasps> um. I don't
0: but, care. I don't care about any of that show there's a,
1: bunch of Dar- there's a bunch of Darth Maul at the end of that thing And that would be the only thing from that Big That I'm whoop, interested in I like, that there's an, I like that there's a push To make Darth Maul more of a character When he was just this goon that shows up in the first movie And says like one thing And what? then
0: dies Yes but also remember Clone Wars is the show That introduced his brother Savage Oppress.
1: <laughs> Star Wars names are good Um <laughs> Yeah. Salacious crumb. Oh sure. Um, I mean
0: that's an all timer.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Ponda Baba. Yeah, there's
1: a lot more I'd yeah, there's a lot more I'd like to dig into with uh Rise of Skywalker. Babu
0: but... Frick.
1: Yeah. The I best was character in I, Rise of Skywalker. I
0: was worried he died, but uh he escaped the planet, uh just like Ponda Baba in Rogue One. Uh also you, Carol uh... Russell, I guess, whatever.
1: I like uh that this movie broke ground by having the first gay kiss in the Star Wars that of course occurred in the background with two characters who basically had no speaking lines and that nobody gives a fuck about because yes. they're completely inconsequential. It was about it's half like a you second. Could cut that scene. Yeah, it's almost like you could cut that scene for China or something like that and have it uh have the movie still make total sense.
0: I, I yes, I had heard about that and so I thought it was gonna be like Carrie Russell's character or something. But no, it's just like two random people in the background yep. like Alright, sure. Hey, at least Greg Grunberg got exploded. That was good.
1: <laughs> oh right, yeah. Um Yeah, got the, the, the background kiss thing is it, that's I think the perfect encapsulation of what is wrong with Disney's like faux progressive sh- <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. Just like blatant pandering.
1: Yes. Um Where yeah, god, that it's bad. Um, I I do really like Ian McDermott in that movie Although it's really hard not to like him in any Star Wars that he's in Because he's always the best part so about I, the movies that he's in.
0: Yeah it was a little bit iffy on him Until like the end when he does get powered up And he's in full Palpatine mode And I was like yes yeah. this is what I've been waiting for
1: You don't like him uh Saying "do it" to Ray. Well, exactly. Yes.
0: Well, that's what Sounds I'm saying. It's like, it's like kind of the end there. I do like how he's just sort of being dangled around like a marionette with that big like <laughs> yeah. robot arm thing.
1: Yeah. Just got circuitry punched into the back of his head, so he yeah. just flailed around. Um, I like him repeating his uh, the the dark side is a pathway to many strange and unnatural things line at the start of the movie. Like I thought that was a good way of kind of hand waving how he could still be alive. Apparently. There's an actual explanation for all that stuff that they decided wasn't important enough to include in the movie. Like they had filmed all that stuff and decided to cut it. Uh okay. Uh, he's he's a clone, is the thing. They mentioned that he's like a I don't think that they do. They do. Unless that's something they actually added in They your
0: bring version. they bring him back or well they talk about like how could he be back? And one of the people says like cloning uh, something only the uh the Empire knew the secrets of or something
1: i don't remember that line at all that almost sounds to me like they added something in the disney plus version to me
0: Um, well i I guess maybe i don't
1: because because there was a whole like there were a lot of articles afterwards just going like they don't explain how he's back and it eventually came out through um i think the novelization is the one that made the point of it and then they came out after that going like yeah we filmed this explanation and did not put it in the movie because the movie was already too bloated
0: Huh. Well, yeah, they um, they definitely say something about cloning and like only the Empire knew it. Cause, and like maybe oh, they God. mentioned Camino. I think there might have been like an offhand thing to that. I don't know, but There's, they they definitely yeah, say something about cloning.
1: That. I that's got to be added for the Disney Plus version.
0: Even then, though, like I I, that I wasn't all. sure if that was actually like how he came back or if it was. I don't know. Mm. Because, like, he's why, all why? messed up. Like, why would he be oh, a yeah. clone and, like, missing fingers and stuff?
1: Uh, the, the explanation that I saw for that was he was an imperfect clone or something like that. Or, like, the clone body was not sufficient to hold the amount of, like, dark side energy in him or some <laughs> bullshit. I, I got no idea. Um, I, overloaded I do, like, see 3PO's eyes going red and him just talking like a demon. That's yeah, very good. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, uh,. Lando in this movie. He was all right. I'm not sure. He he was.
0: He sobered up for a couple of minutes to say his (laughs) lines.
1: I think it's weird how at the end they apparently imply that, like, what's her face is his daughter. I think, like, the book also makes that more clear that that is actually what's going on there.
0: I kind of wondered about that because it's not really clear if he's saying that or if he's, like, hitting on her or something.
1: So if I remember right, the the way that the book clears this up is there's an aside about how Lando so many years ago had his daughter taken from him by the First Order, and then her character happens to have coincidentally been taken the exact same number of years Mm -hmm. and inducted into the First Order and was stolen from her parents. So I think that that ending is supposed to imply that somehow, because I don't know, it's Star Wars, and all Black people in Star Wars are related Except back, for Finn, it's his daughter. Except for Finn, um, although Finn has nobody, the original, except the original plan was that that was also going to be Finn's sister. Okay. And then they ditched they ditched that at some point, and then was just like, "Well, who's the only other living black character in Star Wars? I guess we should make her related to him."
0: At least they had the sense to just completely ditch Rose, and she just like everyone yeah. forgets about her. This
1: boy shows up and is just like Hey guys remember I was in that movie nobody likes I now was the I, character nobody
0: liked That almost yeah. actually kind of ruined everything For the heroes yeah. But I'm a lovable character Everybody loves me Girl power. Anyway
1: I have no function or purpose In this movie I'm just here So it doesn't look like they wrote out the only Asian character
0: <laughs> That's right
1: Oh god
0: But yeah The
1: it, kind is Kelly of love... Marie Tran I think is a is a Lovely actors and it's a shame that Her character in these movies sucks so much
0: Oh yeah she's fine Um, yeah. I do really like how Lando Is the last one standing Of like the original cast <laughs> Like somehow yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet that might be the case in real Well he is much older than the others Even though he doesn't really look like it um, I was going to say Like in real life he might be the last living one uh, Well Harrison Ford's Crashing planes about every two weeks
1: yeah, uh, Mark, Mark Hamill's going to outlive them all. I think. Like Mark probably. Hamill actually seems the most spry out of all those original actors. Yeah, um, probably. Him and like uh Anthony Daniels seem like they are the least oh, ready yeah. to completely turn to dust. Yeah, um, which is surprising considering how much time Anthony Daniels has spent in his life confined in a metal tin baking under the sun.
0: Yeah, unable to bend his arms.
1: Yeah. Actually, I mean, hey, if you want to get into people who were in the original movies, um Oh no. Well, you Warwick know Davis, like he probably cause he was young in yeah. Jedi.
0: Um I did appreciate how when they reboot C3PO, he still says human cyborg relations even though that makes zero sense. <laughs> yes. Like that's like them continuing to use parsec as a measurement of time, just doubling down on them saying something yeah. wrong 40 years ago.
1: Yeah. Um especially like that, uh, considering like
0: LucasArts owns the trademark for droid like they know the term android and yet they still yeah. decide to go with cyborg for some reason.
1: Yeah. George Lucas had no idea what he was doing when this whole thing started. No. There, there's absolutely no way that he he did. Like that the original pitch for Star Wars changed so radically so many different times mm-hmm. that I do not believe for a second that he had any big picture in mind. Oh, it was definitely. just that first movie. Um, even the stuff with Vader being his father Honestly, it sounds to me like he just kind of showed up on set one day And was just like, oh, uh, I don't know I mean, this it might be interesting if we put this into the movie So let's just uh, let's tell Mark Hamill and, uh, That
0: I kind of could see Because there was some some sort of foreshadowing with that with Obi-Wan um, But everything else like Definitely Leia being a sister, absolutely not That was not oh, intended
1: sure. Well, that was like the The idea at that point Was they were doing six movies And that the next one was going to actually Introduce a totally different character That was his sister And then George Lucas was Suddenly realized six movies is a big commitment <laughs> And he could have enough money To live on for the rest of his life If he just did one more So then it became Leia uh, uh, right. Yeah. Star Wars
0: They smooched it's, Before they swung over that pit
1: Oh, yeah, uh they smooched again when he came out of the uh the, the Bacto tank. oh, that's right, yeah, 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 there's a lot of time in between all that stuff too, where they could have could have done a lot more smooching, and we can only hope that they didn't,
0: yeah, I thought I smelled bad on the outside, okay, so retro <laughs> games, <Bold> games.
1: <laughs> yeah, Larry Davis, uh speaking about smooching things, I play bubble bath babes.
0: Alright, well, we'll see you next week. Uh,
1: uh, no! Wait! Oh, it's a match three game, but then when like you do the the bubbles, they pop and you see the pretty ladies. It's fun. It's a good
0: game. Uh, I know of this game thanks to a uh, Sean Baby article in Electronic Gaming Monthly a long time ago. <laughs>
1: uh, me too! Uh, this is the only way I know about this game and Custer's Revenge.
0: <laughs> sure, um, what about Beat'em and Eat'em?
1: I was about to say Beat'em and Eat'em. Yeah. Like, I couldn't remember the name of it, but the game, I was going to say the game where you jerk off on top of a building and the girl's teacher come. Uh-huh. Um, this is a game by CNE Incorporated, uh, Incorporated, headquarters in Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, they made a lot of games like this. Uh, in fact, I thought it was pretty funny when I looked up their uh, list of games. Uh, first four, uh, Tiles of Fate, Magic Bubble, which we know as Bubble Bath Babes, uh, AV Mahjong Club, and AV Super Real Pachinko. On the notes next to all these, it says, first C&E game that contains nudity, second C&E game that contains nudity, third (laughs) C&E game, fourth C&E game that contains nudity.
0: They're trailblazers. Um,
1: Yeah, not sure why they felt they needed to have those notes, because it's, dude, like the first... It's actually more. Remar- they should have noted that the fifth game that came out did not have nudity because then the sixth game just went back to having nudity in it.
0: Hmm. So what happened?
1: Uh, I don't know. The the fifth game they put out has a name that I could not begin to pronounce. Uh, X, Shen Guo Lizhuan.
0: Good I enough. Send this
1: to you. Okay. You well. take a crack
0: at this. It's a... Shinguo Lishuan? Mm. I think. Yeah, anyways, Lishuan.
1: uh Sure. In case you're wondering, the fifth CNE game that contains nudity is Ultimate League Soccer, and I have a lot of questions <laughs> on how. How? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look is Pele in it.
1: Oh no. He kicks the ball with his penis? Probably. Oh no. I mean that. Hmm.
0: Sensible soccer Uh, Here we go
1: Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about Bubble Bath Base Because that's a very easy game to sum up It is just a match 3 puzzle game uh, When you make the matches And you progress in the game The bubbles uh, covering the private bits on the girls They come off and then you see 8-bit boobs (laughs) Whatever It's also a really bad puzzle game Like besides the fact So uh, I just wanted to play this thing Yeah
0: Why Why did you decide I I had to play this?
1: (laughs) Because when I was loading up my Raspberry Pi uh, and curating these games, Bubble Bath Babes ended up as one of the games in the list. And I remembered the Sean Baby article and was just like, "Eh, whatever, this is funny to put on this thing. I liked that article. This game's ridiculous. And then one night I just had like about a half an hour I needed to kill. And I couldn't quite find anything to play that I could just put a half hour in and then walk away from. And Bubble Bath Babes came up on the list And I again remember the Sean Baby article And was like alright fuck it Okay. I'll play this for 30 minutes That's uh,
0: the sort of dangerous thinking that leads to you uh, Playing the E.T. game for the Atari Just you know as a goof
1: look, I removed all 2,600 games From that retro pie Because I don't want to play any Atari 2,600 games Oh
0: yeah it's weird that like Games were pretty much unplayable until the NES
1: yeah, uh, I have seventy eight hundred games on that thing, and I'm not exactly sure why. I should probably remove those when I make my Raspberry Pi four. Um. Anyway, whatever. I give it an F. this fucking game sucks. Uh, I want to talk to you about a game though that I enjoyed quite a bit. That is also uh pretty raunchy.
0: Final Fantasy Tactics. Heard of it.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> At my entire party was the dancer class. I got real weird with it. Okay. Um no conquers bad fur day oh all right uh, i believe the last game uh that rare put out on the nintendo 64 unless i am mistaken um i think that's right i liked this thing quite a bit uh but i don't think it's for any of the parts of the game where i actually had to do stuff i think it's entirely that the atmosphere and humor of this thing is kind of neat
0: yeah yeah uh so, I was kind of talking to you about this. And I was saying the thing for me is that when people think of Conqueror's Bed for a Day, they just think of haha poo poo, you know, and stuff. Sure. And, and to me, the appeal of that game is like how weirdly dark it is. Uh, oh, yeah. And pretty much every character in it dies horribly at some point. Um, and especially yeah, the end of it, it's just like such a downer that <laughs> it's amazing. I love it.
1: There's there's a bit in the barn uh, level where you meet a pitchfork who's constantly getting bullied by his friends, and then you beat him in a fight, and he's so distraught that he hangs himself. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to, like, get up to the top of the barn and throw a knife to cut the noose, because then you need him to, like, beat a haystack boss. That also is just, like, based on the T-100? 800, Which is gets. also just... To- 800 yes I'm sorry we, but it's also just this weird thing of like there's apparently this whole like technologically advanced silo sitting underneath this regular ass barn. um yeah that, that, that there's the stuff with like his girlfriend dies at the end of the game just get her body gets flung out of the airlock Yep. and then like he resolves everything because the game like locks up and freezes on him and he negotiates with the programmer to let him just kill the alien and then after the fact it's just like oh shit I could have had him revive my girlfriend
0: <laughs> Yep It's uh, so like grim too Like it ends with him being the king And like sitting on the throne And he doesn't care because like his girlfriend's dead And so is everyone else And he's just yeah. like ruling over nothing now
1: Yeah It's good uh, There's a bunch of side characters that do show up during that And say long live the king But yeah it's like characters that he Is not intimately invested in Yeah, It's
0: just like the um, bee or whatever
1: uh, it's the bee, the paint can, and the paintbrush The uh, pitchfork oh, yeah. um, The the one that surprised me That they didn't actually kill off Was the dude you meet in the war level That is like his buddy who has like the really hard Like titanium shell and you have to like hide Behind him when they're dropping like uh, Air missiles on you Oh Yeah yeah. apparently he survives Even though like he is blown up uh, huh. But he just shows up there at the end um,
0: uh, I really like Death in the uh... Bad day. he's cool
1: Yeah he's got that uh, Megaphone but he's actually got the Teeny tiny voice
0: yeah I I like uh, the bit where he's Just like standing at the Edge of the pier like getting mad At the catfish they can't kill them because they Have extra lives
1: yes Yeah it's just dumping a shotgun Or no he's uh, swinging swinging his sight Yeah he gives you the shotgun To take out the zombies which he also does Not like yeah uh because they are an affront to the concept of death mm-hmm. um, Which all the shooting segments in this game Are actually like the worst thing
0: That was the main like, improvement in, of, in the Xbox version Is like It was just like okay yeah. we'll make these control Like an actual shooter
1: Yeah uh, those are fucking rough In, yeah. in this version of it Because um, you gotta do this thing where like you hold down The R button and then you get like A manual aim but of course it's inverted Because it's the Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. uh, And the It's very squirrely, too. It's like the slightest push just sends you flying off into a corner of the screen. And they, like, rush hordes of enemies at you. So this isn't even like you're given ample time to, like, sit down and aim this thing. Like, you need to know where the enemies are coming from in advance or you're going to get swarmed and you're going to die. So the bit in particular in the war level with the laser beam grid where you have to jump through these lasers and not get hit because one hit will kill you. Uh, but then when you land on the other side, you got to pull your gun out and get ready because, like, a bunch of teddies are going to come at you. Like, I probably spent like an hour on just that one segment because I kept dying over and over and over again. Uh-huh.
0: Uh,
1: there's also the bit with, like, the tower where you got to get the cogs. And that's fucking rough.
0: Like, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: The hardest platforming segment in that game. Um,. Which is interesting because like the tutorial segment Is also a very difficult platforming segment And there's really not many Hard platforming segments In that game they're all like front loaded
0: Yeah I remember the bit at the barn Specifically like you have to sort of Navigate across a really narrow Like beam at one point And yeah. uh, That's very easy to fall off because of you know Nintendo's best in class Analog sticks uh, <laughs> that's right. And so you fall all the way And you get to climb all the way back up
1: yeah good stuff. I have some fun trivia for this game though, because back in twenty thirteen uh the like upper level staff that worked on the game did a developer playthrough of it and provided commentary and there were some interesting bits in that uh between a lot of segments of them just drinking a lot <laughs> and just getting completely derailed uh-huh. um but the first area, uh, the tutorial platforming segment, was actually one of the last segments of the game that they designed. Uh, okay. And the developers themselves acknowledge that as probably one of the harder platforming segments. And they, like, humorously were like, yeah, we basically made it hard at the beginning. And they didn't have any other hard platforming <laughs> segments for the rest of the game. Mm. Um Except they then get to in that playthrough The bit where you have to go get the cogs And they all just started cursing under their breaths And kind of remembering what they fucking made Yeah There's a lot of bits in that playthrough Where they just kind of have a pause And are like who the fuck made this
0: <laughs> Yeah that, that whole game though Was like sort of cobbled together In a really weird fashion I mean, Everybody knows that started as like a regular Cutesy conquer game yep. And then Got All reworked terms. into this uh, yeah. I, uh, And apparently I, that I was just saying I, I often wonder how much Of this game like as it is now Was just sort of reworked from its original form Because they kind of turned okay. it around Pretty quick I think
1: Based on the commentary they had It it sounds like a lot of the actual movement And everything was kind of nailed down In that form of conquer. So they, they just kind of needed to sort of change What the objectives of the game were going to be And like levels and stuff like right. that And obviously the tone that was Like I what think the windmill area was like, pulled over
0: Yeah I was thinking like Okay they probably already had Like the prehistoric place done You know or something Except in sure. the original version you were not you know, Feeding people to a dinosaur
1: yeah, you are not peeing on cavemen to push them into holes, which <laughs> no. also that is another really suck ass part of that game. Yes it is. Um it, it's weird because there's like a lot of stretches of this game where it's pretty easy and then it's just you suddenly hit something that is frustrating and very very difficult and it really just has no need to be as hard as it is like that bit with rolling the cavemen or any shooting segment. But there's also like a surfing segment of this thing where you have to catch up to three different guys and then knock them off their board and get money from them and Mm. if you fail that if you crash wipe out whatever there's no checkpointing there so you got to go back to the start of the whole thing and start knocking the three guys out again even if you got up to the last one and then wiped out Um, yeah it's one of of those games where I wish I was able to use save states Uh, because I'm a fan of those in old games with very bad checkpointing and Conquerors has some bad checkpointing hmm um
0: yeah i uh some other stuff I tried playing some of it in rare replay uh that came out, and I didn't finish it i I think I got about halfway through it. I think I got to the the prehistoric part before I gave up um
1: yeah, the prehistoric but, part has like a few really tricky se- Like the, the caveman one I mentioned But there's also the bit where you have to like deliver the bomb To the other end of the level And the window of time that you have for that yeah. Is very very precise
0: I mean I didn't quit it because it was too hard or anything It's just more like eh I got my fill I remember this game sure, um, Especially yeah. because the parts that I always replayed Back then were the end bits Specifically the matrix level I like playing a whole. Yeah, nature is great. Yeah, you just like you jump yeah. around and you shoot things. It's very easy, but looks cool.
1: Yeah, um, there's a lot in that developer commentary of them talking about the reasons why they changed certain things for live and reloaded. Um, obviously, stuff like the shooting bit, where they were like, "Yeah, no, it was bad in the original game, so we made a control like a first-person shooter." Uh, I think they specifically said they modeled those controls after Halo. Um,
0: the weirdest thing about live and reloaded is that it's actually more censored than the original one. Um, it was originally called live and uncut, and then I don't know why it changed, but mm. yeah, you know, they ended up actually censoring more of the dialogue than the sixty-four well, they, version.
1: They did mention with the censoring the dialogue thing in that too, that that was a conscious choice because they thought it was funnier to oh, have yeah. certain things bleeped out. I agree um, with that, which I appreciate. Yeah, I do too. Um. But also, like, I think without necessarily knowing that, I would have thought that Nintendo actually was, like, pumping the brakes on some of that stuff. Like, I could see Nintendo being like, okay, we'll let you do all this other stuff, but you can't say the fuck word. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, no game did back then. Um, yeah.
1: Also, but... uh, something I didn't notice until they brought it up in that commentary, too, Conqueror himself never actually swears.
0: Yeah, I guess not.
1: Yeah, it's this all the like, everybody else does. It is does like not. bugger, maybe. They had to keep yeah, he says like mother buzzer into the bees at one mm.
0: point. Um yeah. yeah, I remember reading a thing that was like uh, they were kinda of surprised at how Nintendo didn't really have much of an issue with anything they were gonna do. Like there were maybe a yeah. couple of things that they were like, nah, maybe not that. I oh I think it was yeah. that they wouldn't let they wanted to put Pokemon in the game and Nintendo was like, No, can't do that. <laughs> Everything else here, that's fine.
1: There was one thing that got cut from Live and Reloaded that I know about that they wanted to introduce, which was in the barnyard level they wanted to have a gate near the barn that the gate's name was Bill and he has a bunch of windows on the barn and the windows are constantly breaking and Microsoft was like, no, you can't you can't do that <laughs> So stupid Mr. Mister Gates just wants to enjoy his fusion frenzy, don't make this about him <laughs> His favorite game Yeah, um some other bits I wrote down here on uh, on the subject of Mark Betteridge, a programmer at Rare Quote, one of the last of Rare's really good gameplay programmers um, They don't really have any now
0: No, they're all doing uh, <laughs> Avatar I... shoes
1: There is a lot in that commentary of them dumping on current Rare <laughs> Which I also really like
0: It's like, yeah, look at Sea of Thieves, how's that going for yeah. you? Yeah
1: Uh, The credit sequence was originally supposed to have outticks, but after Toy Story did it, Rare staff held off on the idea. Okay. Uh, I guess, like, scenery was supposed to, like, fall down and stuff, and then, like, Conker was supposed to talk in, like, a very proper British accent about, like, the working conditions and everything. Uh, There is an unreachable chocolate piece left over from a planned section that got scrapped. It's still visible, but entirely unobtainable. It's in the poop silo segment of the game. Uh I bring this up because I also saw that thing and it drove me fucking nuts trying to figure out how to get to it. Turns out can't.
0: Okay. That's great. I mean it's just health though, right?
1: <laughs> it is, but also like it bothered me because I thought I was missing something by not going into a, a secret area of the game. Uh-huh. So that's kind of the thing too, is I, I was sort of prepared for this to be a collectathon, which I did not understand. Nope. That is not what this game is. Nope. Uh much to the chagrin of the staff that worked on the game, because apparently that is—it's it, constantly brought up by people who don't know what they're talking about. That Conqueror's Bad Fur Day is another collectathon when they made this very conscious effort to not make it that. Um, mm-hmm. And part of that, it sounded like, was them kind of seeing the way that Donkey Kong '64 was going and being like, "Oh, this is fucked." <laughs> yeah. Um, there's very early in this commentary so i think that this I've, I've referenced it before that there is some sort of commentary track that these guys did where they called out the uh, the dk64 staff as being unexperienced and not knowing how to make a game i think it's this i don't think i've got far enough to get to that specific segment but early on there is a bit where i think it was the first time that it's actually had been revealed that the expansion pack was due to a bug in donkey kong 64 and them kind of dumping on that uh and saying like yeah, we didn't need an expansion pack for Conquerors despite, like, how big this game is because we know how to fucking optimize a video game. <laughs> <laughs> and they also had got into, like, apparently that decision to put the expansion pack in cost them, like, a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, uh, I bet. But then, like, the benefit of that was, well, now everyone has an expansion pack and so if there's a game that needs to use that it's an easier sell at that point.
0: So they sure. were kind
1: of weighing that that logic when making that decision. I mean that's
0: probably uh, why I got Perfect Dark, because I already had the expansion yeah. pack from uh EK64.
1: Yeah. That's I still just like that for so long the marketing for that as oh this game's so big it requires it like Stayed Mm -hmm. intact until about 2013 When someone at Rare was just like Fuck no it wasn't
0: Yeah I mean you could also Just look look at that game
1: Yeah Yes like honestly I would prefer to just look at that game and not play it
0: Right but I Don't play Donkey
1: Kong 64
0: You know what it's like Uh, you need to shoot this target With your coconut gun Uh, Mm -hmm. And also the target just Despawns if you're more than like Three feet away from it so, you just no, have to yeah. blindly like, fire.
1: The draw distance in DK64 is so, so bad. And it's mm-hmm. actually kind of amazing how much better the draw distance is in Conkers. Like, uh-huh. it's not surprising to me that this was a lot of senior staff working on the game. Um, I mean, there Conqueror, was also,
0: I, I. It also, like, for a 64 game, looks pretty good. It doesn't run that great, yeah. but, you know. Oh no late. like the,
1: when you go into like The load your game like the main menu Area yeah, when Conker's yeah. like walking into the Cock and Blocker and the frame rate just totally Takes a dive
0: yes it's weird like That's like the worst frame rate in the entire Game too yeah
1: Yeah and it's like at the very start of the game So it does not set you up for a good experience Man yeah Um they uh
0: That in the war segment I, like the D-Day Part I remember yes. being very chunky
1: Yeah that was It was really rough um Uh, so they kind of briefly get into like the decision to move away from what 12 tales was and i if i gathered everything correctly because they have audio issues in that commentary and i had difficulty understanding a few people um but it was that like the working environment of rare was such that they had like um sort of friendly animus with other sections of the development team so like the Conquerors team would see what the Donkey Kong 64 team was doing and if the Donkey Kong 64 team did something that was cool their attitude about it would be you motherfuckers you pieces of shit now we got to do something with our game fuck you and so I think that Conker probably spun out from the Twelve Tales thing as a push to get away from the more friendlier aspects of Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong that they wanted something that stood out more against those and could be its own thing, which was the same reason that they decided to not have it be a collectathon.
0: Well, I mean, uh, they, they showed the game in its original form, and I thought it was kind of backlash to that that made them sort of turn it around.
1: From that commentary, that isn't quite what I gleaned. Like, it definitely could have played a factor, but I think it was more in response to other projects Rare had going on at the time and how the development staff of Conkers was like, well, we don't want to just be the same as all this other stuff. Huh. Um, because Rare was definitely had this more child-friendly air about them at that point in time. Sounds had to be like Goldeneye. They didn't have anything that was really you know more like adult-oriented. Perfect like Dark. A, a, well, did Perfect Dark come out before or after Conquer?
0: Oh, that's what I'm. That's, new, that's what question. I'm unclear on.
1: I think it was before. Pretty sure should look that up for me, because yeah, you, you don't I'll make check. the, the clickety-clacks so like I do. Um Yeah, like the, there's um, just a lot about Conqueror's gameplay itself that is very rough and unrefined, which is, I think, less inexperience with the staff, and I think more of just where video games were at at that point in time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that I would just kind of expect to see in any Nintendo 64 game. Like, for example, again, the inverted camera controls uh, when you're doing shooter stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, Life and Reloaded. I know that you've constantly sold me on, like this is the much better way to enjoy this game. I'm, I wanted to be a very weird purist about this and play the original version of the game to get a sense of what that was, because uh, it's something that I missed out on back in the day. But I am curious to actually maybe sit down at some point when I get more distance from this and play Life and Reloaded.
0: Perfect uh, Dark was first, it. by the way. It was two thousand. Okay. Conquerors was two thousand one.
1: Two thousand one. Okay. all right, Well.
0: By the way, um, on the uh, on the Wikipedia page for Conquer series, uh, it lists Young Conquer 2016 Microsoft Hololens. (laughs) That I was about to
1: bring that up. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. How they had that weird thing of like, Conquer shows up and he looks fucking horrifying. (laughs) Young
0: Conquer
1: album coming soon.
0: (laughs) Young Conquer's album's dropping. uh, Yeah, in 2016, Microsoft announced Young Conquer as the next installment in the series release for the Microsoft HoloLens. The trailer was released in February. The trailer received extremely negative reviews from the public. Sounds Um, about right. Many complaining it lacked the humor and overall style of its predecessors. The trailer received over 30,000 dislikes against just over (laughs) 1,000 likes. A petition was created (laughs) to cancel the game's release. Uh, some video game critics and general YouTube commentators have opted to boycotting the game, and that's where the article ends. By the way, there's no like Not addition great. to like. Also, the game never came out.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I enjoyed Conqueror 64 overall. Uh, like I said, gameplay rough, but the the humor in that game is uh, it's pretty good. And um, also, should I like be that noted. the villain's whole. Well, yep.
0: well, I was gonna say it should be noted it is like kind of innovative for its time. The context sensitive uh, actions, oh, in yeah, particular, yeah. was something new to the point where they had to actually point it out at the beginning, like context sensitive and everything. Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, that was which neat. they got into into that too. Um, basically, saying that like whenever they would run out of ideas on what to do with something, the easier solution was. Well you just put a button here that will will Do a unique thing and then you don't have to Like complicate the control scheme of the game Which That's something that I really appreciate about the Context sensitive stuff in this too is having Like the last rare game I played was Banjo Tooie and the control scheme In that game is fucking madness Right there are just so Many different weird button combinations To do so many different things and it gets Very confusing
0: yeah hold down Uh, Z and press C uh, left Or C right
1: yeah, to, then you shoot an egg, or you you go into a run thing. I don't know. Um, so I really like that with Conquer. It is very uncomplicated. You have an attack button, you have a jump button, you have a double jump. Uh, it's really more of a glide. Um, and then whenever something needs to be context sensitive, you got the big B button on the ground, and you hit B. And honestly, like the con- it's usually pretty consistent with those two, It's mostly like you just go into a shooting segment. So Z Trigger fires the thing and you move around with the stick. So it's very easy to just, you know, move in and out of those without yeah. having to go through a long tutorial. Um, yeah, I, there's no other game that really was doing that. You know, not a lot of N64 games were saying piss and shit. None of them had a giant Pooh boss. No. Yeah. Until like a few weeks ago, was the only thing I really knew about Conquer 64 was the Great Mighty poo.
0: Yeah. Which is not um, really indicative of the rest of the game.
1: No, it's not. Like that's uh, the game at its most juvenile, probably. A lot of the rest of the well actually I don't know. There's that bit where you gotta bounce off the sunflower's tits.
0: Yeah. That's, also the Pooh song is pretty, pretty up good. There.
1: Huh?
0: The, the poo Pooh, Pooh song is yeah, pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah it, it is. It's it's got uh, some
0: production values on it.
1: Yeah. Very operatic. Um God actually like the one bit that maybe There's a lot of, like, blood and gore in this game, but obviously it being Nintendo 64, you know, it doesn't hold up as being gross. Except for the bit where you fight the caveman boss and the dinosaur takes bites out of his ass. That actually looks kind of (laughs) disgusting.
0: I was thinking of the bit where, um... What is it, like, the bowl gets crushed over the grate or something and the blood drips down in it or something?
1: Oh, yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta... Get the cows to drink the prune juice, so they shit into the oh. grate, and then you have right. to like ram them with the bull and blow them up. Yeah, yeah. But I think the bull himself also dies somehow. I think there is like a, a grate or something like that that gets thrown down. Um, Probably. There's the the greater though is the uh like the, the spooky level when you turn into the bat, you pick up the villagers and you drop them in.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like a
1: grinder, and then, right? Like the yeah and then like episode. The the goal is the, the boss at that level You feed him so much he gets overfed And fat and then he drops into it Yeah um,
0: It's like obviously based on the uh, Gary Oldman Dracula
1: Yeah yeah, it is uh, That whole scene where he's just sitting down And eating and mm-hmm. it goes on For a while too because they really just tried to follow Like that original scene beat by beat mm-hmm. Uh Yeah it's also bizarre too how like a lot of the um, Parody sp- stuff in particular Is backloaded Like most of the rest of the game Like there's a few call outs To things here and there but they don't get into Straight up like full on parody Territory until you get to the Dracula stuff and then it's you know Saving Private Ryan after that and
0: right. uh, Matrix well, and Alien Also I'll say they They got pretty lucky with their parody Picks also nothing really feels Like super dated because all of them are yeah. pretty classic at this point even the ones that were new at that point like saving private ryan and the matrix uh, they've stood the test of time so it's not you know yeah that that's a pretty hard tight rope to walk
1: yeah anyway i give uh, Conqueror's bad for a day 4 expansion packs out of 5 okay pretty good all around um definitely carried by its humor though uh, so if you had to go sit down and play this game, I would say play Live and Reloaded, which is what I should have done, but All I right, didn't listen to Larry.
0: And I will note that if you have an Xbox One, Live and Reloaded is backwards compatible, and even though physical copies of that game are very expensive, you can just buy it from the Xbox Store for 10 bucks. So, oh, go yeah. do that.
1: I, uh... I have a cart for it. It is a repro cart, though, because I'm not spending the amount of money that they want for an actual cart of Conquerors Bad for a Day. Surprise, though, uh, that cart didn't fail, didn't drop my saves or anything. Like played that whole game start to finish.
0: Okay, I was talking about live and reloaded.
1: Um, No, no, no. I know. I'm I'm saying as an aside, like all physical versions of Conquerors Bad for a Day are expensive. Yeah. Um. I imagine the N64 one might be more so But I'm not totally sure
0: Um, I think the Xbox one Actually might be more expensive
1: I know that like loose Conquers on the 64 is like 100 damn dollars or something like that
0: That's about Um, what I sold mine for Um, But I, I think Live and Reloaded Was probably a bit less than that But I think actually now it's backwards compatible Like everything that gets added to BC Gets hiked up in price. Like, uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb got really expensive after that was added. Uh, which, again, this doesn't make any sense because you have to download it anyway, even if you have a disc. So, like, just buy it from the store. Like, there's no point in paying extra for a disc.
1: Indiana Jones and the Emperor's New Groove. It's my contribution. There you go. That's the podcast. Don't play bubble bath babes. Play conquerors uh, live and reloaded. <laughs> you got anything else you wanted to add? No, Larry. No. Should people watch Star Wars? Sure. Sure about that? This was
0: going okay until until you did that.
1: You're welcome. We can't ever end an episode good. I refuse. Uh. Goodbye dinosaurs. We got that dinosaur in the in the Conquerors game and it bites the guy's butt. I'm dinosaur.